Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the UESP podcast. I'm your host, as always, Pylon, and tonight we're going to go over some of the changes that we've seen in the Elder Scrolls Online as a new patch has arrived this week to the surprise of some and the desperate pleas of others. And while we do that, why don't we go around the table and introduce ourselves? So I'll start with AKB. AKB, who are you for anybody who's new here? Hi, I'm AKB. I am an admin for the UESB, and I also am alive, which is a shock to me <laughs> after I just spent the last week not being alive. Yeah, it's, it's the worst. We're finally on the mends of our like series of illnesses, I think. Like we're everybody's slowly on the slope up that we're gonna stop having whatever summer cold came and hit us across multiple continents. And... I definitely had the flu. Like it was just the worst. I was unconscious for most of like Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then on Friday it was like okay, but like everything hurts. And the, and the fever is still affecting him because he's giving his scholarly pursuits right now instead of just saying hi. <laughs> Indeed. And that that lovely voice, Lost, how are you doing? Who are you? Things are going great. Yeah, I'm Lost in Hyrule. I serve as a moderator on UESP Discord and a sometimes moderately frequent editor over on the UESP itself. And I come here a lot. Does sometimes moderately mean barely ever? Sometimes a moderate <laughs> editor. Uh, it means I go in bursts of a decent amount of activity. Oh, you're a binge editor. Yeah. You binge it and then you give away. Though claiming that feels weird because I don't compare it all to like Gene C or whatever. There's some guys that they truly know the definition of binge where they have thousands upon thousands of edits. Whereas you only like edit if you're like drinking or out at a party or something like that. You don't do it regularly. I, <laughs> I I'm not a social editor cause I edit completely <laughs> alone. Awesome. And down below who's cringing there from our terrible jokes, Baratron. I'm supposed to say who I am. Um, I'm Baratron. <laughs> Um, I'm the guildmaster of the uh, UESP guild on PCNA and uh, an admin on the Discord. And I do this for some reason. <laughs> in <laughs> a completely wrong time zone. And At two o'clock in the morning on yep. Tuesdays, I'm oh. here doing this for some reason. So they're going to do, apparently, an EU podcast at some point. One that's, We're working that's on a it. Good time for Europeans, but it's uh, finding a new host because our old host had life stuff. Yeah, job life's hard. Well, since everybody is raring to go on their scholarly pursuits today, I think I might just pop over to that as right now. Okay, so our scholarly pursuit section, if you aren't familiar with it, is where we kind of talk about the things that we've been up to this past week, or however long it has been since we did a podcast, which finally has only been a week in between. There's been nothing, no catastrophic failures. Except Baratron uh, wasn't here. Baratron wasn't here, but the podcast still went on. The podcast went on. Yes. I, wait, 
wait, wait, wait. I was here. I just wasn't on the podcast. I was commenting. You were in chat. chat. Yes. You were helping us out answering things in chat. True. So, well, why don't we start with you then? What have you been up to in the past couple of weeks since you've been on the podcast? I've been having a chest infection. It's been lovely. That's not so much fun. Mm. Unless you mean in game, and then that's not so bad. No, 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 no. In real (laughs) life, I had to go and... I had to go and get all the asthma drugs, like all of them. And uh, Anyway, um, so in the game, I have been going through ESO, and I've now completed about half of Elsewhere. My necromancer, uh, who is the character I created to go through Elsewhere, is now level 46. Do you so... mean half of Elsewhere as in main quest, or half of all of the content? Half of, half of all of the content. Uh, in terms of when I look at my map, you know, the, the bits have gone white because I've, yeah. I've completed that area, yeah. So that's quite good. I did the quest where you meet Razumdar's family, and that was a ton of fun. I I'm not going to. Yeah, I I am not going to spoiler it, but uh, his, his, his family are great. Um, that's so funny. And the I've been running through Rothgar dailies on both PCNA and PCEU because I have this hope of getting uh, getting to level fifty on EU. The actual reason why I haven't got to level fifty on EU is because of an old, old, old bug. Uh, which yeah, which was if you have a character that was created before uh, they introduced the champion point system, and they weren't already uh, at level fifty, then you don't get the uh, bonus enlightenment when you hit level 50 because oh. what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to get four million enlightenment when, on, when yeah. your very first character reaches level 50 yeah you don't and so i've got this character that's been at level 49 on pceu for oh about two and a half years and you're just waiting for them to fix that bug and, before you well no 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 so i've given up i've given up on fixing that bug what i'm actually going to do is get another character to level 50 instead and then he'll get the four million enlightenment that will be good. Anyway, so yes, I've been running through the, the Rothgar days. Are you sure that bug still exists? Because if you haven't got to 50 yet, how do you know? Uh, on PTS. When Wait. they put the EU characters on PTS. Yeah, I checked. Have I misunderstood how Enlightenment works? I thought Enlightenment was like, it will double the next so many experience points you receive, right? Um. So if, if you just leveled to 50 then normally you start with already having enlightenment ready. But if you just yeah. level to 50 and then logged off for four days, then it would just build up, right? It's well, shared amongst all characters, though. Yeah. Yeah, but I refuse to, to not get my, my bonus enlightenment. You know, I should get bonus enlightenment. So this is a principle thing, not really yes. a... Okay. Yes, I don't, I don't get it, because if you level to 50 and then log off for four days, you then get the four million enlightenment, right? But if I level to 50 and get my 4 million enlightenment and then spend it all because I, I, I rush through, then I get, you know, I, I end up with about CP 30 and then I log off and get my enlightenment. No, you're, you won't get more CP because you're already CP whatever your current CP yeah, is. Yeah, CP is shared. This is for your first character. Oh, you don't yeah. have first, another character. Oh, you're talking on the EU because you don't have ever any character other characters. that gets to level 50. You, that's that's what I mean, you get bonus for. You them. haven't played for two years. If you had just played once, got to 50, and then not I played do. for I four play, days. I play other characters. If you hadn't played for four days, <laughs> then you would have all that enlightenment anyway. I feel like, like we're going to have to move on because I'm so confused at this point about what's going to happen on that character if it hits level 50. 
either yeah, fundamentally right. don't understand enlightenment or this principle is much more important to her. <laughs> I would say it's probably the latter, actually. Anyway, <laughs> um, and I attempted veteran Maelstrom Arena. For some reason, it's always the Rothgar uh, special thing when I'm ill. And I didn't succeed, but you know, I'm on the last the last arena. The arenas are something I've never actually tried in ESO, and I really want to give them a shot. Um, I don't, I don't know. I I hear you have to do for the vet. Is it on normal? You would have to do a full special build for it, or could you probably go through it like with whatever build you're working with on normal for like a DPS character or a tank or something like that. Uh, you find it hard if you are a straight-ahead tank or healer. You have to have some degree of DPS. Yeah. However, fair. the actual DPS numbers you need for normal are quite low. Okay. You could you could get through it with what, 5 to 10k damage. Oh, okay. Second. That's not too bad then. Um, in fact, in some, some of the arenas, there's actually like an anti-DPS race. Like if you go too fast, you end up overwhelmed. Yeah. Too many enemies. So... Um, it, it, it is it, it is a lot more about practice and skill. Yeah. It's in terms of, you know, this enemy spawns here, this enemy spawns here, this enemy spawns here. And sort of knowing knowing that can actually get you um, a lot further. The people who are super, super good at it, yes, okay, some of them are excellent players, but they also know the order of who spawns where. Maybe one night this week we'll stream some pylon learns how to do Maelstrom Arena. And everybody can watch and tell me how terrible I am and what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> awesome. Well, Lost, how about yourself? What have you been up to in your scholarly pursuits? I actually got more Elder Scrolls in than has been the case for several weeks. Uh, the first thing, Baratron especially wanted me to make sure I mentioned this. <laughs> when they had the Dark Brotherhood Thieves Guild discussion, I wasn't on one just sort of vacation taking a break but two because i hadn't done any thieves guild or dark brotherhood and realized after the fact that that wasn't so there's actually two exceptions there there are two exceptions i i was very incorrect when i said i hadn't done it i did the fall of the dark brotherhood storyline in elder scrolls legends which the entire story is about being part of the dark brotherhood though you're infiltrating them to take them down so i don't know if that gives you You slight amount you still join them. So like it's not com- it's not completely vindicated. The other one I think it kind of is, but in Skyrim Pinball, I joined the Thieves Guild, Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood, but that's because every faction is just pick one thing you want to get a points bonus to. There's literally no story implication whatsoever for doing so. So in that you join the Dark Brotherhood, the Thieves Guild, the Blades, the Greybeards, the Telvani, the Companions, the College of the Mages Guild, I think I said that. The Bards College. You join everything, and it doesn't mean anything. You just get more points. Doesn't but technically, did I it. did join them. So the that's... funny thing is, uh, in some of the older games, like Morrowind, some of the some of the factions were like mutually opposed. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> in Pinball, you just join everything. But nowadays, they don't do that. In Pinball, you join absolutely everything. It is yeah, Skyrim the epitome have of simplification. Mutually exclusive guild, does it? No. I don't think no, so. I didn't think it does. I like and I dislike that idea when games do it. It's a cool immersion concept, 
it's a very annoying game mechanic when you want to try to do multiple different things and you're like, oh, I can't do anything on this character because I made this one decision three years ago and now it's stuck doing that forever. Yeah. Um, as far as actually scholarly stuff, I did some investigating into Elder Scrolls 1 Arena and also with the help of Robin Hood over on the UESP, who's really good at delving into the code, investigated a lot of things about that old game. I looked into how the calendar and the dating system works and was able to update our arena calendar on the site, understanding the holidays. There's a holiday that's just completely missing, even though it's in some of the guides, which is amusing. Old Life Festival, it's listed as appearing on the 30th. It just doesn't happen. And then we also learned stuff about the monsters in the game, learned about their how much experience they yield and what the formula is for that, and got that updated on our bestiary, and then figured out their damage values, figured out their attributes. And there's actually a few funny bugs, well, unintended consequences of them filling in the attributes. Um, because the numbers they display are out of 100, but the way they store them is out of 255, they made a couple typos inputting values. So for example, vampires were supposed to have an intelligence of 85, but they put that in as 85 out of 255. So instead, vampires only have an intelligence of 33. So vampires <laughs> in arena are actually stupid, which means they probably have less spell points, and so they can't cast spells as well as they're supposed to be able to. Which is just, that's a funny little tidbit. And it's funny because so like back then... You make Go that ahead. typo, cool, you're done. Ship the game already. There's no day yep. one patches to fix those. <laughs> and presumably it was never caught because no one's looking at the vampire and seeing that they've got a low intelligence score. There's, oh, it's dangerous, it casts a spell, but it should be casting way more spells or something yeah. like that. Why is he running away from his protection? It, well, his intelligence is also 33. <laughs> So, so King Cat, this is the first time I'm doing the Daggerfall quest line. King Casimir's uh, being assassinated by the Necromancer cult, and he has like three bodyguards right next to him. And he says, The lion runs away from no one. Uh, five assassins run out. So, realistically, he's fine. And he just ran away from his bodyguards. Why would he do that? Because I'm pretty sure he actually dies because of this assassination attempt. So this is interesting. <laughs> I have no answers for you. I'm pretty sure he doesn't die of this assassination attempt, but... It will eventually happen, though. Vaguely related, I also got to play ESO some. I just got the bug, the itch, I suppose, to get in and play that. So I've just been playing still through base game content on my main character i've only been doing main zone quests yep. and i got all through shadowfen all through east march and um i guess through the prologue of the rift so i made pretty good progress pretty over good. the course of basically just one weekend and i had fun with it i know everyone complains about base zone quests in general but Dude, i, I guess i'm relatively base, easy to like, please a lot of the base zone quests were like the best stories from like I, I, most of the game, like they felt the most like real. Like the only complaint I have about them is that they're like they don't make as much sense now that one Tamriel exists. There's a lot of like brokenness in them. Sure, but as far as the actual stories go, like the Shadowfen one I found was like a very fascinating 
story. I like it. Yeah, it was really well done. The only problem I have with it, and this is probably, and this is, there's one zone in each of the factions where one of the other factions is doing some like terrible atrocity that when you play any of the other factions, they're like, you're like, they would never do that. <laughs> it's I, like in Shadowfen, like them killing baby Argonians, like from the like, right. straight from the egg and stuff like that. And it's like, I can't, after doing all like the AD quests, that doesn't really seem like something Aren would sign off on. From well, it's supposed to be like a rogue faction, isn't it, within the Elmeri Dominions doing I don't that. think they make a claim about that, though. I think it's just that generally a group with a certain leader and they're sent to do it, but they're yeah. not really given a lot of oversight. They're like, go take care of something, whatever. Yeah. But it's funny how each zone has one of those, like, or like, I think it's like, I can't remember if it's the Daggerfall Covenant or one of them has necromancers at one point. So like, Ebonheart Pact has both, both factions doing like having pretty atrocious crimes committed yeah. <laughs> during the course of the war. From conversations in Discord, I don't know if the same sort of thing happens in the other faction quest lines. They do. They do? Okay. Yeah, there's similar things where I think it's like in the AD one, like you fight like Daggerfall necromancers and stuff like that. You're like, this seems odd that they would have necromancers. Well, that tracks because I think they had necromancers attacking Stonefalls as well. Yeah. They shouldn't. Don't know why they got that many. But yeah. my my main problem with the base yes, quest is uh, there there are necromancers attacking Stonefall. So yeah, it's, well, there's like just simply too many cultists. It's like pretty much every every zone there's some cult, and I think okay, that's quite a lot of cults. And it'd be nice if somebody was was uh, you know trying to take over who wasn't a cult. That's kind of what cults do, though. That's their literal jam. They just try to take over everything all the time and get as many people in as possible. for this. The AD and Stone or in Shadowfen weren't a cult. So I was supposed to have followed the king upstairs, by the way, and the assassins just keep on coming. I I don't think I'm getting XP for killing these guys, though. So I think you should go take it go upstairs. I think it's amazing that I this is like assassin number like forty. That's pretty impressive for uh. A legal organization to be able to sneak into a capital city. I think I'm done with my uh, <laughs> scholarly like, pursuits. Well, since AKB is going to keep interrupting us, let's let him give his scholarly pursuits. This is like he did the, already. He was sick. Yeah, he did. This is big. like the only uh, Elder Scrolls thing I've gotten to do all week. I'm having pretty much a lot of fun. This because this is really weird. The sequence. That you just don't, you can just keep fighting them. I, I'm pretty okay with it, though. I mean, they die quick. It's cool. Uh, you do have to think about the fact, Pylon, that for our podcasts focused on discussion, you gave AKP permission every time to just play a video game in the middle of it. It's true. I know. <laughs> I know. This is See, me, this is bad. This parenting. is the only I know time that... I have played a video game in like a week, like. It's just been miserable. You don't Go blame in. the toddler when the toddler picks a knife off, off the counter. You blame the parent for leaving the knife on the counter. How t- toddler's pretty tall. My Go three-year-old can pick knives off the counter. Life. It's a, it's yeah, a thing. We, we realized that quickly the other day. We're like, nope, nope, okay. That's not a thing we can do anymore. Um, yeah. As for myself, 
I've been really busy. One of my best friends got married this weekend, and it was awesome. Um, he's actually one of my buddies that I do all my veteran uh, dungeon runs with, so that was a lot of fun. Um, so we've been busy with that, getting prepped and doing that, and then I also had a fever for the entire wedding, and I don't know what that was about. That was very annoying. Um, so I haven't really had too much time. I also realized I haven't actually played ESO in almost a month, and it's kind of bumming me out. Like, I've played, like, a little bit, but I think it's, like, I know I get this way generally in the summer where, because winter in Canada sucks, I will take as much advantage of the summer as I can. So I'm going to be outside as much and doing as much as we can and getting things done. And then yeah. as soon as the cold weather hits, I just go full hibernation mode and then I'll play like four hours of games a day. You should so, go play ESO. It's pretty fun, man. I will be. I actually was thinking, I was like, maybe I'll go back in because I want to go back in and just reset all of my skill points on all of my characters because they're free this week. And then decide what I want to do with each character. See if I want to keep them as healers or tanks or DPS or whatever they are or change them up to something completely different. Who knows? The world's my oyster. Um, but I have been playing Legends and Blades a fair bit. Legends, I've finally got up again to rank 8, but I'm pretty bad, so I haven't got too much further with that. I've been trying to find like a good solid deck to do it with, and my Exalt deck seems to get me to like rank 7 and then just falls apart. So I'm trying to make a figure. I also went like probably six games in a row where I only played against Singleton decks. And I thought that was really weird. Unless that's like the meta right now is everyone's doing Singleton decks, but it seemed very odd. Um, and then Blades, I've been slowly upgrading my town, doing some jobs, nothing too special. Just playing, kind of my thing has been I play until I get a gold chest and then sign off for the day. So, that works out pretty well. I just today learned something annoying in Blades. I um I, I saw that the enchantments, the way that they increase, you know, every other level of the enchanter's tower unlocks a yeah. different set of enchantments. But then I'm like, okay, so when I get it to level nine, that will have unlocked the max level flame enchantment. So then I can enchant my sword that I've been holding on to with its max it level. For the last one? What? Do they skip for the last one? No, there's a sixth level for those at level ten. Oh, that's so I don't want to do my flame enchantment until I save up for a uh, level 10 and that thing's really expensive. Yeah. So it's going to be a long time. Awesome. Well, I think we should pop over and talk about the news for a bit now. So we don't have a ton of news to go over tonight, luckily, so we're going to spend a lot of the time in the topic actually talking about the new ESO patch. Um, go ahead. What was that, AKB? There is important new ESB news, There though. is important news. There's quantity Ex over quality, or there's quality Ooh. over quantity here. You can make it both. Yes. So, AKB, what is our important UESP news you would like to announce? We're making a calendar, and if you want to contribute, you have until Friday. Friday, August 16th. 16th. I had to look at the calendar to figure out what day that was. At what time? 
the 16th. 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is when you have to have your... Eastern Standard Time? That, that's not a thing. Yep. Is it daylight time right now? I don't know. Yes. It is currently daylight time. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Everyone, doesn't everyone matter. should know. Everyone knows what we're talking about. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, so like, on the day of the 16th, make sure you have posted in that channel on our Discord at discord.gg slash UESP the screenshot that you would like to be up for contention to be contention is that the word i don't know it's been a long week um i think that's i think that works for a chance to be in the calendar and it has to be your your screenshot it has to be a screenshot you took um from an in-game event something happening in game itself um is there a rule on modifications on modifications, not really. No. If I will definitely be judging those ones a bit harsher, like if it's things not really Elder Scrolls-y. Like not more friendly mods kind of thing. Yeah, it's going to get... We're not going to put the Thomas the Tank Engine um, Dragon mod in. As much fun as that mod is, and Trainwiz is, you should totally check him out and his... Uh, patreon project he's creating a space uh exploration game he's going to probably create his before star citizen comes out <laughs> uh, he's super cool but yeah i don't want that in our calendar yeah that's probably not going to make the make the cut seriously though it's get your stuff together at uh robert space industries or whatever you're called is that the star citizen yeah. I can't even take that seriously anymore. It just seems like such a scam. It was, gosh, it's so sad. Yeah. But in ESO news, as we'll be talking about a little bit later, uh, Scalebreaker DLC came out. With that comes update 21. Is that 23? 23. Yes, we're on update 23. 23. So even if you don't buy the DLC, the way ESO works is they'll make a bunch of changes in the patch where that DLC will come out. That is free for everybody that plays the game. So you don't have to buy a dungeon DLC to get quality of life changes, which is fantastic. So it came out today for PC and Mac, and it'll be scheduled for August 27th for the PS4 and Xbox One servers. So that's quite exciting, but there's a lot of changes that are coming with it, like tons. We're not even going to get able to get into them in the show tonight because there's so many changes. But because of that, all skill changes and skill respects have been reduced to zero gold for this entire week. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to go in and just reset everything I have and then not even think about what I'm actually going to do with them yet. It's just to get clear, clear slate so I can just figure out what I want to do. As well, uh, Beartron, do you want to talk about the other news about the free trial this week? Right, so there has been an ESO Plus free trial. It finishes on Tuesday the 13th of August at 2pm GMT, 10am EDT, so that's about 12 hours. Um, So if you're not an ESO Plus subscriber, you've got about 12 hours in which to log in, uh, sign up to the free trial and get your crafting items stowed into a crafting bag and or run some DLC lost i might be able to get you with that to figure out the answer to my question that i've been asking trying to figure out because you don't own any of the dlcs right correct i want to see if you log in at some point if you can go to the crown store 
and where you can buy the skill lines now. Mm-hmm. I want to see if you're able to buy them right now. Oh, wait, no, you'd have to complete them. Never mind. Right. Yeah, you have you'd to have to complete them. them. I want to see if somebody was able to complete the skill lines during this week, could then buy them on their other characters if it ended up being cheaper than it would be to just buy the DLC. Oh, I've got the crown prices down there. Oh, perfect. There. We'll talk about that later yeah. then. And it, no, <laughs> it's not cheaper. <laughs> not cheaper sure. when you consider time and the DLC. I Are they super expensive? Know. Okay. They're super expensive. We'll discuss this in more. <laughs> uh, the other thing okay. that is going on uh, outside of the ESO Plus free trial is it's the Orsinium Celebration event. It runs until August 19th. And it's complete one delve or world boss daily quest in Rothgar to gain a maximum of two event tickets. Um, you can also you also get like the double of double items received from crafting nodes, double the rewards from the Maelstrom Arena, and double reward boxes from the world bosses and del- dailies. I think that's all that there really is for the Orsinium event. It's not too in depth. It's just kind of a hey, go check out Orsinium, a DLC we released a bunch of years ago. I always think it's a bit sad because there's the two public dungeons in Orsinium and. They never get like, they never get like a, a special thing to go in there and run them, and so as a result, the ancient orc and the other motif—it might be ancient orc from both of them actually—is is always ridiculously expensive. Yeah, because nobody actually goes in there to find them. Right. Whereas the Trinomac and Malakath motifs get greatly reduced in price because everybody's running the dailies, and you 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 yeah. pick them up uh, as a drop from the daily daily boxes. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so that's kind of all of the Elder Scrolls news. There was another note, um, which is interesting. I don't know, there's not too much information about it, but we do know that Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony had made an announcement that they were going to be, in the future, I don't think it's in state yet, uh, starting to demand games that have loot boxes disclose the odds in those games. Does any of you guys know a little bit more about this? Yes, so... Basically, the industry is kind of seeing how the weather is turning, and they're saying if we don't regulate, start regulating it now, we're going to kind of get stuck uh, with government regulation. It's the whole reason the ESRB in general exists. If you didn't know that, it just exists so that the actual government doesn't have an actual. In- industry agency monitoring game production yeah so so they're hoping to basically avoid having government intervention by self-regulating yeah they're basically saying don't worry government we got it we we're already handling it because we think it's bad too uh so yes this is good because people are getting those numbers and It'll be nice to see that, especially for games like ESO and Legends and even Blades. So we'll be able to see how oh, hey, definitively like what our odds are without having to just try run it 10,000 times and calculate it ourselves. Are the Legends odds not already stated? I thought they were. I think they are because it's... Uh, Chinese, it is played in China, and China requires it yeah. by law already. 
Yeah, I thought I already saw them somewhere on like the website. You, you can find out. them. Uh, They're pretty straightforward. Think... It's like you have a one in X amount of chance of getting a unique legendary, a one in yeah. X amount per net. I don't think they're republished in English, but they are available. Interesting. Yeah, so I think that's that, though, is basically covers all of the news we have this week. It's kind of a slow news week for the Elder Scrolls, as August generally is. People don't make too, too, too many announcements in August because people are away, vacations. That's when people want to be outside, like myself. So, why don't we go and talk a little bit more about Scalebreaker? Excellent. I did hit the right button. I was sitting there trying to hit the right button. It wasn't working perfectly for me. So we have a lot of patch notes to go over. Baratron started off posting all of them into our uh, show notes. And then we all got terrified being like, we can't talk about this. It's going to take four hours. Um, But they have been pared down to reasonable lengths. So don't worry. We're not going to get too much into theory crafting because arguably none of us really know enough about it. So you won't be hearing all of the number breaks down, breakdowns and what you need to swap your skill specs to be for what we're looking at because that's not where our skills are, I would that's say. That's not our area yeah. of expertise. That's not our area of expertise. We're, <laughs> nope. we're more your story friends and your news <laughs> friends and your gameplay changes, things like that. The things that everybody loves, not the number crunching, find out, that if you don't have this X amount of damage, you're going to be useless and the game is literally unplayable now. As Baratron loves hearing. I, I love hearing that. I, I have heard that so much. Now to me, like if a game is literally unplayable, that means that you're doing something like you're, you go to the, the board, you pick up your crafting writ, you're walking to the writ crafting station and somewhere between the crafting station and the writ drop off, you die. There are things though where I remember in World of Warcraft there was a boss that was literally unbeatable. Everybody claimed that nobody was beating them just because they were bad. And it was during one of the raced for world firsts that the big guilds used to do. And everyone was making a joke that all the guilds were just bad. And then they came out later like, oh no, we made the like HP too high and it's literally impossible to win this right now. So they had to actually go back and change it. I do remember this this bug in ESO, right, which which was with uh, way shrines. Sometimes when you went to use a way shrine, you would you would like drop, like kind of drop through through the ceiling, and then into the floor and die. You'd, you'd like die from falling Amazing. when you were just using the way shrine. Now that that is literally unplayable. So who's was that lost cell phone? It was that not. was mine. That, was that mine. sounds like it should have been lost cell phone. It was, it was terrible. Pokemon though. So yeah. Which I also appreciate, but I'm what to say? What's wrong with that? So uh, just, I'm kind of disorganized because just before the show started, I found out that one of my guild officers had been in a road accident, quite bad, um, and he's in hospital right now with a bunch of injuries. And so I'm not very organized, and I'm yes. very sorry. So we, this is we hope kind, he gets better soon. This is Absolutely. kind of tangential, but there was this bug uh, with the Xbox 360 console that made uh, Oblivion literally unplayable for me back when that game was new, where uh, because the laser spun the disc in such a way, it could spin the disc too fast 
that it would cut through the disc. What? So I had that happen to me where I literally took out my disc and I'm like, there's a hole in my disc. What? This happened to like a lot of people too. Like it was a common problem. Anyway, to me, that's what literally unplayable means. That would be literally unplayable. I'm looking this up right now because that's yeah. Insane. I'm looking it up too. <laughs> I am. All of us are like the Xbox 360 laser uh, disc issue. You could get them to send you free replacement discs for this. By the way, it's crazy. And free replacement Xboxes, I would hope. Yeah, I don't know. You can get one of those for this. That's so bizarre. But anyways, lots of changes came in with Scalebreaker that we want to go through. So two of the big ones are there's like the name of it. It's a dungeon DLC. So what would a dungeon DLC be without new dungeons? So we've got two new uh-huh. dungeons. Moongrave Fane, which is just in southwestern, nor- southwestern northern elsewhere. <laughs> Yeah. Because yep. yeah, that's correct. But it just it's it's. I just wish it was southwestern east northeastern elsewhere would be the so best. So southwestern northern elsewhere east of the entrance to Reaper's March. Every cardinal every direction cardinal got direction mentioned is mentioned in this. That's okay, great. that's 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 hard. So the theme of that is basically vampires who want to suck dragon blood. Yeah, there's a dragon that they've captured, like, and. Ooh. And the point is that they want to absorb his blood and use it to gain dragon blood powers. And having dragon blood is one of the things associated with being dragon born. And so all sorts of stuff could come of that. But it's apparently a bad idea because you're going in to make them not do that. I feel like we talked about this before this was even announced. We like, what would happen if a vampire drank dragon blood? I think we nothing have, good. We'll I, find out. We'll, we'll find out very soon. And then the other one is the, excuse me as I mispronounce this. I got you. Lair of Marsalock. Marsalock. <laughs> the Lair of Marsalock. So, do you, Lost, do you want to explain a little bit about that one there? So, this one, also dealing with a dragon, but he was not one that was released from the Halls of Colossus, which was sort of the whole elsewhere prologue. Well, yeah, the prologue stuff going on when accidentally dragons are unleashed on elsewhere. He was actually asleep for centuries and then woke up when all the other dragons got free. And this dragon has got some Guild Wars 2-esque corruption powers. He's spreading this blue icky stuff all around him, corrupting the forest, and it's endangering Valenwood. And you have to go in and stop him. And uh, with you going on that mission to stop this dragon is, uh, what's his name? Carindon, who is the warlock who subdued and entrapped Selene, which is from what is the name of the Selene's Web? Selene's Web. Yeah, that's right. Haven't gotten to that one yet. That one was. So, I hate Carindon. He's evil. Yes. Like he just goes through. Uh, I mean, spoiler for for content was released. Uh, base Five game, years ago, it? it was base game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he just goes through Selene's Web, and one by one, all of the other members of his party get killed. Yeah. I was like, how can you do that? That how was the quest. The gotcha, my friend who got married on the weekend, we were going through that quest. And I remember that was one of the most impactful dungeons we've ever done. Because as we finished that dungeon, we're like, wait, wait, are we the bad guys? 
Yeah. <laughs> we're the bad guys. Crap. We're the bad guys, yeah. We're, yeah. we're awful. And we felt terrible finishing that dungeon. We're like, wait, no. No, that's not how this... Oh. So, I'm excited they brought that back because that felt like it needed a... Like, a lot of the other part dungeons two. got the part twos. Mm-hmm. That one felt like it needed some form of conclusion that we didn't get because we were left with, you're a bad person and you've caused this basically innocent forest spirit to be trapped forever. So this story is obviously going to have a pretty big impact because Celine, where she came from, as far as Earth timeline goes, is that Celine was a major and evil character in Elder Scrolls 1. So you go to the forest where Celine is sort of the leader, and I don't think you fight her, but you deal with a bunch of stuff there because she is holding people ransom or in threatening people. So she's an evil spirit as far as late into the third era. Yeah. So this is a cool backstory for her. Yep. We made her that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we'll find out what else happens to her in the rest of that dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, as with every dungeon DLC comes out, there's three new item sets uh, plus a monster helm set for each dungeon. So a light, medium, heavy armor set. Um, one of the more interesting ones, Baratron, do you want to speak to this? Was for Grundwolf from Moon, the Grundwolf from Fane. Moongrave Fane. Yeah. Now the thing about this is um, the One Piece gives you 833 weapon critical and 833 spell critical. So it works for both Magicka and Stamina characters. And the two pieces is whenever you deal critical damage, you restore 1,000 magical stamina, whichever is higher, and you also gain 500 of the other resource. So that's got a ton of possible uses, particularly uh, for Magicka characters in PvP, mm-hmm. particularly in the non-champion point PvP, where you can't just, you know, bung a load of champion points into your stamina recovery. Yeah. So... It's yeah, it's potentially interesting. It I seems like one of those good sets. ones for. It seems like one of those good ones for like a hybrid character. Mm, yeah, very much so. I did look at the other sets as well, and I thought there was a couple that looked interesting. But you know, we are not theory crafters, so no. look at your look at your dots gaming and your Alcast and your uh, who's the other one who does a lot of good. Um, uh, Roller. Yeah, and somebody else who I've totally forgotten, and apologies to that person. But anyway, go go to those people for, for your help yes. with how to use those new sets. Awesome. And yeah, they've added a new die as well, and some achievement furnishings, things like that. So there's a lot of new exciting things that you can get. Most of them you get from doing the veteran hard modes, which is kind of nice. I like that they've been adding more unique things into like the veteran hard modes that you can only get through there. The big thing that we will talk about, because all of us will understand it, is there comes with this patch a ton of quality of life changes. Uh, There's a lot of things that are in this game that when you look at them, you're like, why wasn't this in there from the beginning? But happy that they're in there now. Um, One of the first ones is one that I will be very happy about so that the add-on that I kept using for this will stop breaking is multi-crafting. I used to, I can't remember. I think the add-on was literally just called multi-crafting or multi-craft uh, that I kept using that would break constantly and never work and again. So now you can do several actions in bulk at the crafting stations. Hooray. It's pretty straightforward, but not too Yeah, much. and the, 
The great advantage over the UI version over the uh, add-on is with the add-on, what it would do with it was simply automate your crafting. So, you know, you craft one potion. Potion. And then you wait, and then wait, and then wait. Potion. Yeah, whereas the the UI, you say, yeah, I want 100 potions and press the button. And you have 100 potions. It's great. Really, really good. Yeah, and then the other one, uh, the undaunted key improvements. Baritron, do you want to speak kind of what's happening there? Okay, so uh, when you log into each character, your undaunted keys are going to be moved out of your inventory and onto the currency tab. And from there, they can be spent directly with the three pledge masters. So um, Merge, Glirion, and Urgalag. Uh, Mystery coffers for one key provide a monster set shoulder piece from the dungeons which that NPC offers pledges for. Um, and it's basically this, the exact same as, as the old chest yep. interactions. Uh, and then specialized coffers for five keys limit the number of possibilities. So, you know, you're going through that. I spent 42 keys last night trying to get a choke form shoulder. <laughs> now I could go and, and buy a specialized coffer which includes just that dungeon plus an, a second one. So, for example, uh, Wayrest Sewers 1 and 2 are together in a specialised coffer. White Gold Tower and Imperial City Prison are together in a special coffer. And that means that um, you think, okay, it's five keys, but, you know, I spent 42 keys just to get choked on. So there so you go. Is so it, it is going to happen. Is it you're guaranteed in the specialised one, one from one of those two dungeons? Exactly. So yes. you could still, if you're very unlucky, spend 42 keys and only get the one for the other dungeon that you want. You but this, the could, odds are very, the likely. odds are in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, of course you could, you know, be, be very, you might be like, okay, I want a, a light divine's shoulder and, yeah. you know, get everything else. But although at least, at least these days we've got the, trans, um, trans, yeah, transmutation. So not, not as bad as it used to be. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's that's going to be a positive change. Yeah. I like that idea very much. The other thing you can get directly from the merchant is you can, for fifty keys, you can buy the monthly monster shoulder page, the the style page that is directly. Uh, I mean, there, there'll still be a rare drop from the mystery coffers, but you'll be guaranteed it for fifty keys. Which you know, bearing in mind how much those things sometimes sell for. Uh, 20k gold plus it's this case of you know if you've got hundreds and hundreds of undaunted keys and not so much gold seems unlikely but you know if you have um you can you can buy the shoulder pages directly (laughs) really okay i think i have probably (laughs) 80 undaunted keys that i just haven't bothered to use because i got the sets that i wanted and then for the longest time my friend and i were running all of our dungeons and we're like, okay, this is fun. And we just didn't realize that we were running them in VET the entire time. So we're just doing all of our dungeons in VET. So we got those extra, that like one extra key every time and doing all that stuff. So it worked out pretty well. So we just rank, racked up them. I only had the one character. So I had my um, Lord Warden on my tank. Didn't need to get anything else. So it's like, okay, cool. I just have a ton of undaunted keys waiting. And you didn't notice. I didn't really you notice that the VET, no. We went straight into vet too. We never did normals. I did them all blind. Um, the only ones we ever ran into were some of the DLC ones, but those were only the trouble ones. But the base games are they're pretty forgiving. 
And then Lost, do you want to talk a little bit about what the fragments uh, changes have been made? So this part, I saw it and realized it's a really cool quality of life thing. It's got a very limited scope, but there's a lot of potential for it in the future, I think. Basically, there are a few things in game where you're collecting different pieces of something and you just keep those in your inventory until eventually you double click them and you fuse them all together. And they wanted those things not to take up inventory space. So instead, they're adding them to the collections menu. So the two things where they're doing this are Indrix and then the apple bobbing cauldron from Witches Festival. So for the Indrix, you're collecting feathers and then fusing those together to make a nascent Indrix. And then you're collecting berries and using those to evolve your Indrix to one of the different seasonal types. Now, anytime you buy one of those, instead of it going into your inventory, it just automatically goes into like a checklist That's in your so collections nice. menu. And once you fill up that checklist, you can double click those to get your Indrix or to evolve it. I know with the Indrix, I bought a feather on a character that I hadn't bought the feather on before, thinking that yeah, I didn't have the too. white, like it was like the mm-hmm. white feather or something like that. So I ended up wasting a ton of the... Ugh. Um, event tickets because I bought the t- I bought a feather twice. That's the worst. Oh, like, and I was so far behind already, so it was just a sad, sad time. Hopefully, now that'll either not be possible or at least be a lot more obvious. Yeah, because you want to check around. And then the other one, the apple bobby and cauldron. That one, you'll still drop the items that are components because you're allowed to trade those with other players. But if you have an item you want, you double click it to consume it, even though you've only got one out of however many pieces. And then that goes into the collections menu and stays there. So you're basically banking the pieces until eventually you assemble the cauldron and you have that. uh, I think it's a memento, right? Yeah, that's still nice. Yeah, nice to clean up the inventory for a lot of those things. Mm hmm. Awesome. They've added a number of new titles as well. I won't go too much into them, but Locksmith. For, so they've kind of added them for uh, completing the skill master's achievements. So locksmith, scoundrel, assassin, siege master. I'm guessing you can go through those and guess what the skill lines they uh, relate to. Um, so ledger domain, ledger domain, thieves guild, dark brotherhood and alliance war kind of have been added in there. Um, the other thing that is the one that I was talking about before with Baratron is they've added in skill lines for alternate characters that are now purchasable. So Baratron, do you want to go a little bit deeper into this? Yeah, so essentially um, this is the pay to not play. Uh, the idea is that if you have done certain content, you may not wish to repeat it. So if you fully complete a skill line on one character, you unlock the ability to purchase that Uh, the achievement and the skill line on other characters. And once unlocked, the chosen skill line immediately advances to maximum. So, you know, you you are level 10 Mages Guild. You buy this on another character. Your other character is instantly level 10 Mages Guild and has access to all of the the skills and the passives within that. Uh, So this is found under Upgrades Skill Lines in the Crown Store. Uh, It is very expensive. How expensive? Very expensive. So you remember that Sky Shards were 50 crowns each, but right. could only be purchased per zone. Right. The Ledger Domain, Thieves Guild, and Dark Brotherhood costs 2,000 crowns to unlock. The Mages Guild, Fighters Guild, Sigic Order, and Alliance War, which covers both the um, 
Oh, I can't remember what they're called, but you know, like the attack and the defense lines yeah. of the Alliance Corps. They're both included yeah. in that. They're three, it's 3,000 crowns. Thank, thank you, yes. So, I don't know, That's because expensive. I was like, I have done Sigic Order four times, and I'm at the point where I never want to do it again, but 3,000 crowns. Oh no, my goodness, I wouldn't do that. it for 3,000 crowns. That's I know lot. that the exact ratio depends on what packages you're buying, but at like the basic level, a crown basically translates to a penny. So that means it's roughly 30 American dollars yep. to unlock one skill line on one character to skip mm-hmm. the grind for that. Yep. That is That's a lot. Which pricing. leads to my question, who actually will buy this? I bet it's going to be minimal, and I think that's intentional, though. I have a feeling that this is done, which this does happen in games, I know from experience, not so much as a greedy, hee-hee-hee, I'm going to get rich doing this. They price items like this prohibitively high to make it so that you are only doing this if you very much want to do this. It's not meant to be a, oh, I'm just going to pay to skip having to do things it's like a no it's we still would rather you play the game but if you're dead set on not playing it like if you're like you know what there's no way i'm actually going to do the sigic order ever again this is awful but now i'm at a detriment to myself not playing it there's an option available but mm-hmm. i think these prices are way too high i, I mean especially go ahead Veritron. sorry i was going to say especially in comparison to the sky shots i mean i have bought quite a few of the Sky Shard packages because, I mean, especially Cyrodiil. Um, if I'm playing on my characters that, that aren't uh, PvP characters, and especially when they're not in my primary alliance, I, I have gone ahead and bought Cyrodiil Sky Shards and been very yeah. happy with it. So this, I don't know, I mean, 3,000 crowns. If it was 3,000 crowns, 3,000 crowns. Carrots? 3,000 crowns, and it meant that all of your characters, like the achievement was just automatically unlocked. I think that would be valuable. If I, I could, if I could spend $30 and every character I got already had the Sigic quest line fully unlocked. If you wanted it to be. If you, if you wanted it to be. It's just like it's already unlocked. You don't have to put skills into right. it. Or you can put skill. You still have to put skills into it. But from level one, I create a new character. Mage's Guild is already fully unlocked. Mm. I would do that. I would spend 3,000 crowns on that. And like even at that point, that's a, still a pretty expensive thing. That's a very but expensive thing. That seems at least more feasible in my current value proposition Agreed, than 30 for one character. It's if I'm making, what, 10 characters, me running and doing the Sigic Order nine additional times. I don't want to do oh that. <laughs> but to do that... I would have to spend what, like $120? No, that wouldn't even cover half. That would be for four. Oh. No, you're like $270? $270 for me to unlock it on all of the my alts that I may just want for a very specific <laughs> purpose and not want to have to do all the story quests on. Like, That's always one yeah. of the weird ESO things that's bugged me, that things aren't account-bound. They're all character-based. Where I would love a lot more account-based things, like achievements, titles, thing, and like the skill lines being unlocked. Because generally when I make an alt, 
I have my main character who does all of the things that I want to do. <laughs> and then I have an alt character that's just for a very specific purpose. Like I'll make a healer for a dungeon or I'll make someone for PvP or I'll make something for this. But then the way ESO skills work, you kind of have to do a little bit of everything to be viable in them. So they there's like little bits from like the PvP. Like even if you're a full PvE character and you're a tank, the best ultimate you can use is going to be Warhorn, which comes from the assault campaign, like the the war campaign. So it makes sense to be able to you have to go in and do PvP in order to only play PvE. Yeah. At a I think um the Fighters Guild in particular, because the Fighters Guild is what about four hours worth of quests plus dolmens. Yeah, essentially, and you do dolmens anyway as a way as a way to level up. So it seems that one seems particularly bad value. I mean, Mages Guild, you're going around picking up law books, and I can see there are people who really don't want to pick up law books. Yeah. Um, and the Sigic Order, you know, the the Augur of the Obscure is a wonderful, wonderful character, but the actual questing, going to yeah. find time breaches oh please well the the um, mages guild one for a console <laughs> player is torture because you can't true. even get the add-on to say here's where all the lore books are you have to have basically a secondary map beside you trying yeah, you to figure to out where they with all are USP open. basically that, like an overlay on your map. tv mm. yeah so i think the pricing on these is too high but i'm also kind of okay with it because i'm just not going to buy it like I'm just going to vote with my wallet on these, and just, I'm not going to give any money to this. And I'm, if they don't make any money on this, they'll change it. If they, people are willing to spend that much to not have to do those, que- like quests, I'm I'm curious who is actually going to be the market for these. I think people people who are very uh, money rich and time poor. You can definitely. I yeah, mean, but that's at that value general- though. The general like thing we've learned like these last two years with microtransactions and all that is that there's more money in this than anyone has like any reason to like uh what was it? Uh the microtransaction like loot box mode in uh the FIFA game made like more money than anything else EA made that year. Yeah. <laughs> like people are but going there's, there's a- always is someone who will buy it. There is and there isn't, though, because there are some items that never will sell on games and things like that. There's, like, some items will just do poorly because there's not a value yeah. or there's not a unique need for it. Like, cosmetics and things like that yeah. always, generally will always do well. These ones are interesting because I feel like the people who would be more willing to buy this are the people who are not going to mind also just sitting and... Because, like, if I'm essentially a player that's going to spend a lot of money. I'm not generally going to care about unlocking all of the skill lines. Or if I'm a character that that needs to unlock all the skill lines, I'll just be playing <laughs> enough that I can just go through and do them all pretty quickly. So I'm curious how they'll do, and I'm, I wonder if we will see a change in the pricing. Another thing is that uh, it unlocks the entire skill line. Um, and like you said, you know, for Warhorn, you need Alliance Rank 4. You don't need Alliance Rank 10. Yeah. So essentially you could sort of divide that through and say, well, I only need to spend, uh, what is it, 1,200 crowns. But I can't do that. I have to spend the full 3,000. Ooh. And then at that point you, you start doing the, 
basic arithmetic and think, well, is it worth it for me? Mm. Whereas at least with Sky Shards, you buy Sky Shards for a zone. Generally speaking, you only buy Sky Shards for a zone that you haven't been into on that character. Yeah. And or that's difficult for that character. Yeah. Yeah, I can see the value proposition with Sky Shards. This one I have struggled with. I'm going to skip over the jewelry crafting written improvements because we did talk about that on a previous episode, but they've uh, made is, them better. <laughs> there is, there is, yeah, there is some new stuff in there. It's, we just have the number changes, don't we? No, 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 no. We did talk about that, that they were going to be changing the... Because when they first announced the Scalebreaker DLC, they talked about the jewelry they said crafting. The number changing, yeah. But the other thing that's gone in there is that now... Whenever you do a jewelry crafting writ, a regular jewelry crafting writ, you, there's a drop. Uh, there's a chance it'll drop grains, and that is guaranteed for tier five, which is platinum. So essentially, okay. you, if you are a person who cares about jewelry crafting, you want to get all of your characters, including the newbies, doing doing the writs, the regular writs, because you're going to be getting turn grains, uh, iridium, zircon, and even chromium out of those. Even if it's like somebody who can only make silver, you can you can get chromium You'll out. Get the better. Testing this, Excellent. yeah, I've been personally testing this, and yeah, you do. So 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 yeah, that is a, a point that's worth doing. Mentioning. Awesome. Guild improvements. There is now a few changes to that that are seem to be very useful. So guild traders can no longer be hired for the week after the owning guild disbands. So this is kind of nice, I think, for those like kind of shadow guilds that people would make that kind of like go in and buy up a bunch of properties and then disband the guild so that they didn't have to worry about it. So that seems like a nice little quality of life change. If you're not super into the guild trader market and that kind of like the ESO marketplace is probably not going to affect you too much. Um, mail notify notifying players of guild winning a guild kiosk now include the name of the winning guild, which is nice. That is something I've been asking for for about yeah, the past six. Months. I don't know why because, that wasn't in there. Yeah, because a lot of us who can who can bid on <clears throat> on guild um, can <clears throat> bid on multiple guilds because you know if you're always there on Sunday night guild trader turnover, your friend might give you access to their guild as well. And so I'd sit there and I'd get you know guild trader got guild trader got guild trader failed and I'd be like, okay, this is great. To which which one, guild though? do I have to yeah. run around for? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other big thing is that I know when we were talking about this on the uh, Discord chat about it a while ago, we were trying to determine whether it'd be good or bad for people is guilds can now bid on up to 12 guild or 10 guild okay. traders a week, um, which means that when they get their first choice one, all their other bids are knocked out from the other ones that they've bid on. And then the next person would get a chance to kind of go through. So I believe that's, designed in order to stop sniping so that you wouldn't have like a bunch of guilds kind of gang up and make sure that you didn't get the guild or get a guild trader that you were going for. And since you didn't get the one, the smaller guild would have no chances. Now you can bid on up to 10 of them. So it seems like there's a little bit of a better chance overall that you will actually get a guild trader at the end of the, at the end of the turnover. So that's about it. As far as the combat changes or the combat quality of life changes go, but there are a massive amount of combat changes that we're not even going to get close to going through here. So 
I see somebody made a note saying like, why do MMOs, why do MMOs need to keep making balance changes? Um, that's probably more of a discussion we can really have than talking exactly about the changes of things that are coming in the game specifically. So who was that that kind of had that kind of a question about why we make changes in the MMOs? I wrote most of this. I thought of something that especially lost because he's got experience of other MMOs <clears throat> as well. <clears throat> yeah, because I think... Oh, you added that? Yeah, Baratron added that. So, I put that okay. in. Yeah. Balance is a very unique thing to online games because if you don't constantly change up the way the balance works, the game becomes very stale and the game also becomes very unfriendly for new players for the sole reason that anybody comes in and I say like, I want to play as an Argonian tank. And then you come into the game and if you, if there's never any changes, they're like, no, you can't do that. You're just going to be the worst player in the world if you do that. So balance in a game is a very unscientific. It's more of an art really, because you have to try to like figure out, given the data that you have, try to understand, okay, this is what we think will happen when we put this into the game, but it's not a perfect science by any stretch. So people, you'll get in there, you'll make a bunch of changes and then find out that it didn't actually play out, that people aren't doing the thing that you want it to do. So you have to make balance changes so that you don't have one group of people that's overpowered so that nobody else wants to play any of the other types of people and you don't want it to be too unfriendly. But it's a very, very hard problem. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've got the problem where people also just want there to be new things because yeah. new things are exciting. People always like new toys. And so you have this environment where you're constantly throwing more and more dials to turn, more and more switches to flip into it. And you're trying to make all of that still stick together into this very nebulous concept of balanced. And if you're constantly dumping more stuff in, then you're constantly having to revise things to try to maintain that facade. And because these are such large, complicated systems, you just have to keep fiddling with it so that nothing ever truly settles down or else the entire charade is gone and it collapses. And there's fires everywhere. Everything gets bad. bad. <laughs> so since we're already at an hour and a half here, I'm just going to try to go through a little bit and talk. We're only at an hour. Oh, my recording's... Oh, right, because we started a bit the recording a bit early. I was trying to think. I'm like, where are we at? But it's because of the extra time we have on the recording. Um, I'm just trying to go through and see where we can kind of pop into. Like the the amount of changes that they made in this is what eight pages long. Like there's no way we can go through all of them. Like a couple of notes. I think Baratron, do you want to mention like two of the ones you pulled out from for the necromancer and the sorcerer kind of just talking about the kind of changes that there are that as we yeah, say okay, them, they're so basically just numbers. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you go through this. Um, so let's take, for example, um, the Boneyard ability. Increase the cost of this ability and its morphs to 3,780 from 3,510. Decrease the damage by approximately 32% per tick. Increase the bonus damage modifier for consuming a corpse to 50% from 20%. Is that is that a nerf or is that 
the opposite of the nerve. You know, is that is that going to be easier to use or harder to use? Um, that's the problem with a lot, a lot of these things. You read the patch notes and people see numbers and they see cost going up and they see damage going down. And they're like, oh, my God, it's a huge nerf. And it isn't necessarily because you have to look at the other um, the other things that are, that are that go into that. Yeah, like there's um, a lot of times where <clears throat> something may be a direct nerf to a specific skill, but what people aren't factoring in that there's now maybe a new set that exists that will benefit it even more, or there's a new item that can come in to swap out the thing. So it's like trying to go through these patch notes just on paper, as we've seen time and time and time again with the community, almost always ends with, People freak out that the game has been completely ruined and that nobody will ever be happy again and that puppies were killed in the process. To I mean the last time the last time this happened was was with Vardenfell when no, they made the change. The last time this that... happened was racial the racial changes two oh, patches. Okay. Two patches were like that, all right? right? All right. <laughs> Every patch is like this. Any patch but where I'm they talking... make any balance changes is like this. But the last two I... have been the ones where they've been doing like focused like combat overhaul patches yeah. though, right? 21, 22, and now 23. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, but I'm talking about people saying, I'm going to leave the game because I can no longer play. Oh, right. That's every time. But that is also (laughs) every time. Yeah. Like, Uh, it was very big in Vardenfell, I remember, when people, with the Warden, people were claiming that it was pay to win because if you bought the Warden, it was the new hotness and it was going to be better than everybody else. So there was no point playing anymore because it was pay to win, blah, 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 blah. And Which, actually, the warden is average at everything. Yeah, it's, it's not a particularly good tank. It's not a particularly good healer. It's not a particularly good damage. I thought they were one of the better it's healers. It's very versatile and a lot of fun. They have a, they have a specific uh, skill, I believe, that makes them very good. That people want them in their parties for healing. But either way, they're they're not outrageously shining in one way or another. Small comment not. on the patch notes in general. A thing that's always annoyed me is they talk about what they changed it to and then what it came from. And I feel like that's the less natural way to write that sentence. Yes. It I should feel be like the other from way this to this is just a more, like an easier to read way. Yep, yeah. It's not a major deal, but I think left to right is the way almost all of us read. Therefore, left should be old and right should be new. ESO yeah, should be old. Notes. That's... that's- Gina, I think Gina's still the one that writes yeah, all we'll of them. Have so to, we'll, have to, we'll uh, send that answer. feedback to Gina. And it's great feedback. That is actually valuable feedback. I would, I think the same thing. And I always wondered why I was having such a disconnect on a lot of those. And that makes complete sense to me now. I'm going to go edit all our patch notes to change that. <laughs> but yeah, kind of the point of Baratron's notes here on this one is like, even with Boneyard, is it just the numbers that you see in these patch notes have so many modifying factors with every other change that is made during the patch and the way that encounters are designed and things like that, that it's for us to go over and just read these all is just going to be absolutely useless and a disservice to the player base. So our suggestion is go and play the game, see what happens. You may have to make changes to your build, but that's okay. The world hasn't ended. Some of the dev intentions that they wrote down are pretty cool to read, like explaining some of the thought behind it. And their overall goal of trying to standardize the way some different things interact across the game so that there's a smaller learning curve to just knowing what stuff does what and how they go together 
that's cool. That's cool. Like they're trying to make everything when it comes to like health bonuses, make sure they're all multiplic multiplicative instead of half of them being additive and half yeah. being multiplicative, just standardizing so that there's not this huge knowledge gap when you start getting into building. Yep. Now, according to some players, they are making all the taking away class identity and making it all homogenous. But I don't get how it makes it all homogenous to make sure that all off balance effects are seven seconds, regardless of what class you are. How is that taking away class identity? I don't. I honestly don't get it. You know, all knockbacks are eight meters. Oh no, it's terrible because because you know, dragon knight knockback should be different from what. Yeah, that's know. that's a thing that has existed in every online game where there is some form of competition since the dawn of time. The dawn of really, time. it's a case of going through the patch notes, and if there are changes that are genuinely different, like for example, the Templar Eclipse ability has been completely reworked again. And actually, uh, what they're saying here about it sounds really, really nifty. Because that ability has been a problem. I mean, you know, I've had a Templar since day one. And that ability must be on its fourth, I want to say, rewrite. And the the idea, the concept they've got for it now is really, really good. And uh, the defensive posture in one hand and shield has been turned into a genuine damage shield. So now yeah. stamina users have the choice of an actual damage shield the same as magical users things like that those are what you want to pick out of the patch notes rather than all the things where you're just drowning in numbers one that i see that i think makes a lot of sense they standardized damage over time effects and how they how much damage they deal and specifically aoe damage over times they made it so that just pound for pound they deal like a third less damage but cost a third more than single target damage over times that way if you're only using it on one guy it's not going to be as efficient but if you hit more than one guy with it then it's going to be the more valuable choice yeah. and making sure that that's just a blanket thing you can understand about any skill that you're going to use that that's the baseline assumption and then each skill has its own specifics that makes the game easier to learn that's cool. I like that. Yeah, a lot of the standardization stuff, I think, makes sense. Again, change is hard. People get mad about change. We understand that. But sometimes it has to be met kind of in the middle. Because sometimes changes are bad. There, yeah. there are definitely valid experiences where the change that someone will say that they want to do in a game is a bad change. And feedback will help them change that. And once, usually once they see how people are using it, it's like, oh, yeah, we made a mistake on that one. And they'll well, roll back some of the changes. but What I'd like to talk about there is the changes to healing, because people have been mm -hmm. really, really freaking exactly. out about this. Now, uh, Healing Orb in particular, which is from the Undaunted line, it's the fifth skill down in Undaunted, starts out as Necrotic Orb, and then you can morph it into either Energy Orb or, or Healing Orb. And everyone's been freaking out, because now you can only have one orb active at a time. I believe that's one orb per caster. Correct. Uh, but, you know, when you actually read it, it says project a globe of regeneration that slowly floats forward, healing for 745 health every half second to you and nearby allies. An ally near the globe can activate the healing combustion synergy, causing the orb to explode and heal for 5,116 health to all friendly targets and restore... Uh, 3,960 magicka or stamina to the ally, whichever maximum is higher. So it still heals everyone 
within a radius of eight meters uh, over over 10 seconds as this thing floats forward. So one person, one player in the group goes up, touches the orb, and everybody who's nearby is going to get the health from it. So it's not like before where you had to keep sending an orb, 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 and each player was going to run up and touch it and it would chatter because now that orb is going to keep floating forward and the synergy is not going to be removed. So a single orb will, will actually provide a synergy to everyone. And what this is going to mean is it's actually going to save Magicka for the healers because the healer will just have to send one orb out. And as long as the players aren't horribly spread out, if yeah. it's a situation where, um, you know, I'm thinking of um, some of the Craglawn trials in particular, you, you tend to stand in a straight line. Like you've got um, Rocco 2 or whatever, you've got him at the front and you've got like a straight line or the um, the warrior because you stand in a straight line because of the because of the shield throw. And so the healer can stand at the back, throw an orb and it will float forward. And as somebody touches it, everyone's going to get healed. It's, it, that, it, that is actually a bonus. I don't understand why everyone's so upset about it. Well, because when it Unless... came about, the one thing, though, is when they initially rolled it out and they clarified it afterwards, is yeah, that the synergy change uh -huh. wasn't, yeah. wasn't communicated properly at first, where people thought that the synergy was still being lost at the same amount of... So if you would do it once, you still lost the synergy and there was only one orb, <laughs> so it would all be bad. So that one I can... That miscommunication at first ruined it forever kind of thing because no one ever read the correction on it and then just started spouting and spreading and kind of the bad news spread versus the correction never really got in there. So I, that one I know why it got bad, but it's it again, it's not that bad once they made it. it their description's it a little be. weird. Yeah, agreed. Like it says the orb explodes, but the orb is still there afterwards and keeps doing its thing. They should probably call like the old orb pulses or something. They'll just have to fix that. Yeah, that's that's because they haven't changed um, changed the tool. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can see that. That's if me being picky. Twelve players all spread out. Then it is going to be harder. But when you've got twelve players all spread out, you've got two healers. And if, you know, if it's terrible, you can always get a damage dealer to slot an orb. Um, and and you know, another issue with grand healing. Uh, so now they've increased the duration from three seconds to eight seconds, but you can only have one active at a time. And there are con there's concern about whether groups in difficult dungeons and trials will manage with one healing spring circle beneath them rather than many stacked overlapping circles. Yeah. Now, uh, I did do a test. I managed to get eight other people from uh, the UESP Guild and Dominion Imperial Guard. We went into a trial and did our best. And I... We, did, we didn't find it a problem. Now, some people criticised our little experiment, and I said, fine, you know, you do your experiment. I'll come along and heal for you. And funnily enough, nobody took me up on it because people just wanted to bitch on the forums and not actually <laughs> test things. Um, vigor as well, um, which is the stamina heal from the Alliance Warline, uh, that has been changed i believe although i don't i'm not quite sure it's what very it slightly like. changed i think yeah so now the base skill and echoing vigor heal yourself and others whereas resolving vigor only heals your character yes which i believe but resolving before. vigor healed others as well before yeah i think so uh and then sorcerers gaining a heal over time they've changed critical surge and power surge uh so critical surge 
works basically as it did before. It gives you major brutality for weapon damage uh, and increases the healing from 10% but only for you. So when you do a critical hit, you get healing. Yeah. Power surge has been changed. Uh, so, so that will now be the... Uh, the one that gives both the major brutality and the major sorcery, so it gives you both the weapon and the spell damage, and that now crit- triggers off critical heals and will give healing up to six targets within 15 meters. So, you know, that, that gives sorcerers an option now because sorcerers' healings has always been kind of sorcerers' healing has been rubbish for a while, yeah, yeah. So, it gives them another option. Who knows if it'll actually even pull them into out of obscurity as far as healing goes. I'm doubtful that we'll see anybody like as it is now you see the community will come together and decide like okay wardens and templars are basically who you want to see and necromancers now actually necromancers Necromancers now that are your uh, healers it's that uh ultimate that can res three people it's so basically can basically bring a a, a raid back yeah essentially yes that's res three people at once and it's it's you know i think i think it is an instant Resurrection. It's instant res, yeah. 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 So So it's super useful. Awesome. Well, I think that's probably one of my favorite updates here is that the invisibility skill for Nightblades, (laughs) instead of one second, it's three seconds now. I don't really notice a difference when I'm. You've been using it, and I notice a difference from me playing yesterday to what you're doing now. (laughs) If I wanted to run past like one small packet of guys, I had to line up where I wanted to run, run straight at them, and as it's soon as one of them raised their head, start mashing the button to get just far enough past them they wouldn't notice me re- reappear. Now it looks like I could probably cast it twice and easily get past them, which I look forward to. Not It's not a major gameplay, like, high-end sort of thing. It's just a, I will have more fun sneaking around as my ninja. <laughs> yeah, I think... There's a there's again, I suggest for everybody, if you're playing right now and you want to see what it is, go through, read over to see what some of the major changes to your class and spec and your race are and all the different ways that you play. Go and look, see if there's been any major changes, then go back in and just play. See what happens. See how things have changed and kind of figure it out for yourself. Don't always just take a YouTuber's or a forum post or whatever as the word of God of how the changes will affect you and what will happen. Try it out for yourself. You may find it, it made no difference for you. You may find it made a huge difference for you. There's going and to be differences. Respects are free. And for respects this week, are free. So you got the choice of, of trying trying different skills. I mean if you, you could swap your character from stamina to magical or vice versa if you want, because it's free for the week, so why not? Exactly. Are attribute respects included in that? Or just skill respects? I, I believe just it's just skill. skill. They okay. only mentioned skill. Attribute is uh, also the, pretty cheap normally, so. Sure. The, the way it works, I went to the, um, you know, the shrine. I went to the shrine in Grotwood because it's the one that's right next to the uh, way shrine. And you just go up to it and where it normally says donate and, and a number, there was no number. Cool. So you just go up and press it and there you go. Awesome. Okay, well, I think that's a good place to say goodnight. So... Good night. Behalf. <laughs> so, good night. Bye. Done. <laughs> Click. Yeah, let's, let's not argue about hospitals for the next. Uh, <laughs> like you were last week. <laughs> yeah. That was I the after no- show. I have not noticed anything different a bit since the patch, by the way. Yeah. I imagine most of us. There will be people. Again, if you're in the, the 1% of players that are like pushing the 
pushing the like forefront on raiding and dungeons and things like that, you're going to notice any minuscule change because it's the same with like any profession. If you if your job is to do one thing and you've learned and they make a slight change to it, it's going to make a huge impact on you. But for the majority of players that are just playing the game for fun or doing overland stuff, you're not going to notice anything. Awesome. Okay. So on behalf of myself, Lost, Baratron, AKB, and the rest of the UESP family, we hope you guys have a fantastic week and that we'll see you back next week. So make sure in the meantime to check us out on Twitter, Facebook, or Discord. Uh, you can, I'm sure you all know the links by now, so you won't have to repeat them for you. And if not, you can find them in the show notes afterwards. So they're up there <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, we'll find them. <laughs> awesome. Well, have some fantastic adventures in Nern, and we hope you guys have fun. Bye for now. May the wind be on your back. Ooh.